What if I told you the financial situation that you really desire is a lot closer than you think? Whether you're interested in becoming debt free, learning how to invest your hard earned money, or just want to take your finances to the next level, you're in the right place. The Plenty Money Podcast is for anyone who believes that financial freedom is possible. What's up, everybody? Cornelius Davis here. Coming to you today from Charlotte, North Carolina. I want to welcome you all to another segment of the Plenty Money Podcast. Thanks to everyone for tuning in today. A good number of my clients are couples. And although I'm single, I've learned a great deal about marriage and money through my interactions with these various couples. I've also witnessed firsthand how important it is for couples to be on the same page when it comes to money. And so I decided to put together a three-part marriage and money series to discuss some of the things couples can do to improve their overall finances. And today is part one of that discussion. I'll be talking about combining your finances as a couple. I'll cover why it's important to work as a team when it comes to money. I'll touch on some of the dynamics behind the choice to combine or not to combine your finances once you become married. I'll share four advantages of combining your finances. And then I'll wrap up with four steps you can take to get on the same page and start managing your money as a team. You know, when you consider all of the things that you share once you're married, it's at least a little ironic that some like to exclude finances from that list. Now, don't get me wrong. I get it. We're all grown and we all go to work every day and we don't want anyone telling us what to do with our money, but that's not the point of combining your finances. The purpose of combining your finances is so that you make financial decisions as a couple. Even if you feel your spouse is the worst ever when it comes to managing money, combining your finances will help you to prevent future uh, bad decisions when it comes to money. And so when I say combining finances, I'm primarily talking about current household income and current household expenses. You know, pre-existing financial conditions are a part of the equation, but those things may have to be addressed as you go. And from my experience, couples who employ a our bills approach tend to do better than those who employ a my bills, your bills approach. And then on top of that, couples that employ a household income strategy tend to stretch their money further than a my income, your income strategy. And then lastly, having a collective set of financial goals tend to work better than each person doing their own thing. And so the notion that your spouse's financial problems are their own financial problems sounds good, but those types of problems rarely stay folded neatly somewhere off to the side. 
you know, they do indirectly become your problems, too. For example, uh, let's say your spouse developed bad credit before you all got married. And you all desire to buy a home together. Both incomes will be needed to qualify for the home that you want. But adding your spouse's name to the credit application will likely ruin your chances of getting approved. Or let's say you all file a joint tax return and you do a nice refund. Only to have the IRS snatch the money because your spouse owed them money from before you all were even together. And those types of things happen all the time. And it creates difficulties for both parties. So it's really not realistic to think that you can attach yourself to someone and then somehow keep your financial situation completely separate. It's just, it doesn't work that way. You know, and besides, there are advantages to couples combining their finances. And I want to quickly share four of them. Number one, it creates a team environment. You know, teamwork makes the dream work. Two people focused on and working toward the same objectives helps to relieve some of the stress that one or both people may feel. Number two, it builds a deeper sense of trust. You know, being open and transparent about your finances instills a deeper sense of trust in the relationship. You know, it shows that you're not only concerned about self and that the other person doesn't have to worry about you doing things that will detract from the things that you all have agreed to. Number three, it helps to keep you all on the same page financially. You know, when there's a single household budget, it makes it easier for both people to keep track of the money. It also makes it easier to make adjustments whenever it's necessary. And it makes it easier to plan for the future. Number four, it stretches your income further. You know, having two incomes to tackle household expenses and future plans is better than just having one. And so those are just for the advantages of combining your finances. You know, now I want to wrap up by sharing four steps couples can take to combine their finances. The first step in combining your finances is establishing a constructive dialogue about money. You know, you'll be surprised at the number of couples who are terrified just to sit down and talk about money with each other. You know, if if that's a struggle or, you know, perhaps you can establish a regular money date. You know, maybe it's a weekly, biweekly or monthly date where you all just sit on the couch or sit at the dining room table and talk about money. You know, bring your pen and paper, bring a bottle of wine, bring whatever it is that you like to drink. Play your favorite music in the background, you know, whatever it takes to make you feel more comfortable uh, to sit down and talk to one another. And during these conversations, you want to cover at least three topics. You know, number one, you want to have a discussion about lifestyle. You know, there are often differences in opinion about the way we desire to live, you know, where we desire to live, the type of vehicle we de desire to drive, the type of clothes we prefer to wear. Uh, whether or not we like to travel or stay home, you know, so you want to make sure you have an understanding of the kind of lifestyle that other person desires as you all move forward. Number two, a discussion about your overall views and experiences with money. 
You know, some people have phobias with money. Some people don't like to manage money. Some people simply aren't good at managing money. Some people are good at tracking money down to the very penny. And so it's good to get this kind of information out in the open so that you can assess your collective strengths and weaknesses as it relates to money. You know, and this will help you figure out what individual roles you all need to play in helping to get to where you want to be. Number three, a conversation about any concerns that you have about your financial situation. The point of this discussion is to help you understand what worries you or your spouse about money and highlight areas of your finances that need to get special attention going forward. You know, for example, let's say that you marry someone who had some pre-existing financial conditions and uh, you all have not had a conversation about that up to this point. Well, this and it's, if it's a concern for you, this is the perfect time to bring those issues to light so that you all can uh, decide what you're willing to tackle as a team and what needs to remain separate. You know, and please understand that differences in opinion or disagreements may ensue during these discussions, but, you know, don't allow that to keep you from moving forward on the things that you do agree on. You know, and also the purpose of this dialogue is not to convince the other person to see things your way or to try to reach an instant conclusion. It's really just about opening up a continuous dialogue, gaining perspective and understanding. It's about setting the stage for working together financially. You know, so it's okay to table anything that you can't agree on to this point so that you can revisit those things at a later time. The second step is to develop a list of all your financial objectives. You know, this is a collective list of all the things that you all want or need to accomplish. You know, this include things like replacing a vehicle, uh, paying off debt, building up savings, vacation planning, buying a new home, or completing a home improvement project, whatever it might be. Anything that either you deem to be important should be added to this list so that it gives you a snapshot of all the things that you all desire to accomplish. The third step is putting together a household budget that shows all of your income, all of your expenses, all of your debts in the same place. And when creating your household budget, there are basically two aspects of your finances to consider. There's maintaining and then there's planning. And so maintaining is paying for the things that you have to pay for in order to live, you know, rent, mortgage, utilities, cell phone, car notes, so on and so forth. Planning is preparing for upcoming short to medium term events like replacing a vehicle, saving a down payment for a house or, you know, something along those lines. And the fourth step is putting the necessary systems in place to make everything work. You know, things like which accounts will be combined? Would it be a joint checking account? Would it be a joint savings account? And will there be any separate accounts? And if so, what are they? How will direct deposits be allocated? Will they go, will they both go into a joint account? Will they, will they be split between joint accounts and personal accounts? You know, who will be responsible for making sure money gets where it's supposed to go every month? Will bills be set up on auto pay 
or will somebody be designated to go in and make sure all of the bills get paid on time? You know, anything that you can think of logistically that will help you all uh, should be part of that, that, that last step. And, you know, keep in mind the process of combining finances, it takes some time, you know, and so be patient and keep at it long enough to claim the prize. In part two, I'll be discussing how to work together to start building the financial future you desire to see. And that's all I have today. Um, I hope you got something useful out of this segment. If you have any questions about anything I share, be feel free to reach out to me at contact at CorneliusDavisJr.com. Thank you all for tuning in. Have a great week. When it comes to taking your finances to the next level, surrounding yourself with like-minded people provides a tremendous boost. Being able to share ideas, receive encouragement, and leverage opportunity increases your chances of financial success. I created the Personal Economy Community to provide a virtual location for people to connect with others on similar financial journeys. If you're interested in improving your finances in any way, the Personal Economy Community is the place you want to be. That's personaleconomy.com personal, E-C-O-N-O-M-E dot com.